0: We now come to the start of questions to Prime Minister. Fleur Anderson. Number one, Mr. Speaker. Prime Minister.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Speaker, I know the thoughts of the House and the country are with the King and his family. Yeah, 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 yeah. We wish his Majesty a speedy recovery and look forward to him resuming his public facing duties in due course. Mr. Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. In addition to my duties in this House, I shall have further such meetings later today.
0: Fleur Anderson. Thank you, yeah. Mr Speaker. I
2: also send my best wishes to the King. Last week, the Foreign Secretary said that we, with allies, will look at the issue of recognising a Palestinian state so that the Palestinian people can see irreversible progress yeah. towards yeah. a two-state solution. Yeah. But afterwards, it was briefed that these words had not been signed off by Number 10. Ah. Does the Prime Minister agree with his Foreign Secretary?
0: Yes. Yes. Prime Minister Mr Speaker, oh.
1: our long-standing position has been that we will recognise Palestinian state at a time that is most conducive to the peace process. But the most important thing is we are committed to that two state solution and working with our allies to bring it about.
2: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, People in Northampton South are desperately short of NHS dental provision. Indeed, in Dustin there is now none at all. So today's dentistry recovery plan announcements are hugely welcome. But can the Prime Minister guarantee my residents improvements within months and not years?
1: Mr. Speaker, we are publishing the dentistry recovery plan today, and my honourable friend, the Health Secretary, will be making a statement shortly. Over a million more people saw an NHS dentist last year than the year before. But we know that there is more to do, and that's why the recovery plan will make sure that NHS dental care is faster, simpler, and fairer for patients and staff.
0: The, of the opposition Keir
3: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I join with the Prime Minister in sending His Majesty the King our very best wishes for his treatment across this House. We all look forward to seeing him back to full health as quickly as possible. Mr. Speaker, this week the unwavering bravery of Brianna Jay's mother, Esther, has touched us all. As a father, I can't even imagine the pain that she's going through, and I'm glad that she's with us in the gallery here today. Mr. Speaker, a year ago, the prime minister promised to bring NHS waiting lists down. <laughs> Isn't he glad he didn't bet a grand on it?
0: <laughs> prime minister. Mr.
1: Speaker, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, at least I stand by my commitments. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, he, he, he's, so, he's so indecisive, the only bet he'd make is an each-way bet. Well, Mr Speaker, he says he's,
3: he stands by his commitments. He once insisted, insisted that if he missed his promises, these are the words he used, I'm the Prime Minister, and then he said, it's on me personally. Today we learn from his own officials that he's the blocker to any deal to end the doctor strikes, yep. and he's always, every time he's asked, he blames everyone else. So, what exactly did he mean when he said it's on him
1: personally if he doesn't meet his promise?
0: <laughs> minister,
1: Mr. Speaker, well, we are bringing the waiting list down for the longest waiters. We're making progress, but it's a bit rich, Mr. Speaker, to hear about promises from someone who's broken every single promise he was elected on. I mean, I think I counted almost 30 in the last year: pensions, planning, peerages, public sector pay, tuition fees, childcare, second referendums, defining a woman. Although, although in fairness, that was only 99% of a U-turn. The, the list goes on, but the theme is the same, Mr. Speaker: it's empty words, broken promises, and absolutely no plan. Yeah.
3: Of all of all the work, of all the weeks to say that, when Brianna's mother is in this chamber, shame, parading as a man of integrity when he's got absolutely no responsibility.
2: Absolute Of all but
0: either side. I, I think the member's getting carried away. Can I just say? That our constituents want to hear the questions and they certainly want to hear the answers. They don't want to organise barracking. So please, I want no more. Kirst Hammer.
3: I think the role of the Prime Minister is to, it, to it ensure that every single citizen in this country feels safe and respected. It's a shame the Prime Minister doesn't share that. I welcome the fact that he's finally admitted that he's failed on waiting lists in the NHS. I also welcome that he's finally acknowledged. The crisis in NHS dentistry. He's calling it a recovery plan after 14 years of Tory government. What exactly <laughs> does he think the NHS dentistry is recovering from?
1: <laughs> okay,
0: as, as,
1: as ever, Mr. Speaker, he, he seems to conven-
0: Certainly not have enough of the front bench either. Please, I want to hear it. The election fever. I'm hoping is not coming tomorrow. So let's not behave as the well, minister
1: <laughs> Mr. Speaker, as ever, he conveniently forgets the impact of a pandemic on NHS dentistry, and it was specifically because of the close proximity nature of dental provision that it was unable to operate as normal throughout the pandemic. That was the recommendation of the medical and clinical experts, Mr Speaker, which is why inevitably there is a backlog in dental care and the impact that it has. But that is why, as as my hon. Friend the Health Secretary will outline later today for the House, we are putting more funding in to provide more NHS provision across the country, on top of plans that will see the number of dental training Places increased by 40%, Mr. Speaker. But I would actually just point out our plans mean that there will be 2.5 million more NHS appointments, which is in fact three times more than the Labour Party are proposing. Mr.
3: Mr. Speaker, there are some areas in the country where you literally can't have an NHS dentist. And he says that's down to COVID. People are literally pulling oh, out oh, their oh, own uh, teeth.
0: Sorry. Can I just say? I do not need any more off this front bench either. Do we understand each other? Carry on. (laughs) Mr Speaker,
3: people are literally pulling their teeth out using flyers. It is an experience that can be compared with extracting an answer from the Prime Minister at this dispatch box. The truth is, after 14 years of neglect, this recovery plan is just a desperate attempt to try to recover back to square one. If he wanted to move forward, he should follow Labour, scrap the non-DOM tax status, use the money to fund 2 million more hospital appointments every year. But, Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister is oddly reluctant to follow us on this. What exactly is so special about this tax avoidance scheme that the Prime Minister prioritizes it above the NHS. Well,
1: Mr. Speaker, let's look at that record. We've in the NHS, record funding, record doctors and nurses, record number of appointments, higher cancer survival rates. but what's happening under Labour's Watch in Wales, Mr. Speaker) let's have a fifth of people in Wales are currently on a waiting list. Yeah. Waits of 18 months or more are 10 times higher than that in England and people are waiting twice as long for an operation. Their failure has sent the Welsh NHS back to square one and we'll never let them do that here.
3: <laughs> Mr. Speaker, when he admitted that he'd failed on waiting lists I actually thought that we might be entering a new era of integrity, professionalism, and accountability. Remember that one? But just like all the other relaunches, it's proved to be a false dawn, still blaming everyone else, still removed from reality. It's very simple. You can either back more NHS appointments or more tax avoidance. We know what side we're on.
1: Why doesn't he? Yeah. Mr Mr. Speaker, the best way to ensure that we continue to fund the NHS, as we have, is not to make £28 billion of unfunded spending commitments. and Just this morning, independent Treasury officials have published a formal costing of just one part of their eco-promise, their insulation scheme, and it turns out that it will cost double what they had previously claimed. Not the £6 billion that Labour accounted for, but £13 billion every single year. It's now crystal clear they have absolutely no plan, but we all know how they're going to fund that gap. More taxes on hard-working people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mr Speaker, this is
3: Mr 25 tax rises. <laughs> he, he's literally the country's expert on putting taxes up, and he thinks he can lecture everyone else on the economy. Last week, he and his MPs were laughing at someone whose mortgage had gone up £1,000 a month. This week, he's casually made a £1,000 bet in the middle of an interview. Yeah. Last week, he thought even raising questions about the cost of living was, and I quote, resorting to the politics of envy and this week he's finally found the cause that he wants to rally around, the non-DOM status. When he finds himself backing tax avoidance over NHS appointments, does he start to understand why his own MPs are saying he simply does not get what Britain
1: needs? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, I'm not going to take any lectures about about, about getting Britain from a man who thought it was right to defend terrorists, Mr Speaker. But what we're doing is building a brighter future for our country. And just the last week, expanding health care in pharmacies, today expanding dental care. This week helping millions with the cost of living and most importantly, cutting national insurance. All while the Labor Party argue over 28 billion different ways to raise people's taxes. That's the difference between us. We're delivering a plan. They can't even agree on one. <laughs>
0: constituents and I send our best wishes to the King and Royal Family.
2: Mr. Speaker, despite the popular narrative, our economy is doing well with an unemployment rate with an with an unemployment rate well below the EU average, yeah. strong inward investment and record employment. Yeah.
0: Taxes are higher than Conservatives would like, but does my right hon. Friend agree that a key reason for this is that we rightly spent £400 billion on COVID support, including one of the most generous furlough schemes, in order to ensure that no one got left? behind
2: and that it is our intention and instinct to lower taxes,
1: unlike the party's opposite. Mr Speaker, my hon. Friend is right to highlight our record of providing support to the country when it needed it, whether it is the NHS, vaccines or furlough during COVID, or most recently help with people's energy bills. We are only able to afford that because of the strong management of our economy, which is why we must stick with the plan, not risk going back to square one with the Labour Party, who, as we know, have absolutely no plan and will cost everyone in this country with their £28 billion
0: worth
4: of tax rises.
0: Leader of the SNP, Stephen Flynn.
4: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Can I begin by expressing my heartfelt sympathies to Brianna's mother, who is in the public gallery as we speak, and also to send my best wishes to King Charles in what will hopefully be a quick and full recovery. Mr. Speaker, the public are used to the Tories gambling on the lives of others. Boris Johnson, he did it with public health during the pandemic. His immediate successor, she did it with household finances. So not to be outdone, the Prime Minister on Monday this week accepted a crude bet regarding the lives of asylum seekers. In doing so, he demeaned them as individuals and he degraded the office that he currently holds. So can I ask him, will he apologize? Mr. Mr
1: Speaker. We may have a principal disagreement on this. I believe, and we believe, that if someone comes to this country illegally, they shouldn't be able to stay. They should be removed, and that's why we're committed to our Amanda scheme. Stephen Flynn.
4: Speaker, as ever, the Prime Minister does himself no favours, because, of course, the bet to which we are referring was worth £1,000, and it came just hours before the Prime Minister ended cost-of-living support worth just £900. And his justification for doing so was that the cost of living crisis is easing. So, can I ask him what does he believe leaves him looking most out of touch with the public? Gambling a thousand pounds, or believing? that the cost of living crisis is getting better. Well, Mr Speaker, he talks
1: about the cost of living. Perhaps he can explain to the Scottish people why it is that whilst the UK Conservative Government is cutting their taxes, the Scottish Government is raising them.
0: <laughs> Mr.
1: Mr Speaker, the
3: thoughts of the people of East Worthing and Shoreham are with His Majesty as well. The Archbishop of Canterbury has admitted that since taking office, the attendance at the Church of England has dropped by 15% and in the 10 years to covid the number of baptisms in the church of england has fallen from 140,000 a year to 87,000 so christianity in the uk seems to be on the wane unless apparently you are from a muslim country in the middle of an asylum claim and we are now told that one in seven occupants of the bibi stockholm have suddenly become practicing christians can i ask the prime minister given that the church of england has now issued secret guidance for clergy supporting asylum applications for these damascene conversions Who is the church
1: accountable to? And are taxpayers being scammed by the Archbishop? Mr. Speaker, when it comes to illegal migrants, we need to have a system whereby if someone comes here illegally, they shouldn't be able to stay. I can tell him that my honourable friend, the Home Secretary, has asked for more information about the extent to which migrants converting to Christianity is playing a role in our asylum system and more generally. Under our Illegal Migration Act, anyone entering the UK illegally will not be granted asylum here. That's why we need to have somewhere to send them and why our Rwanda scheme is so important. The Labour Party have blocked these measures every single step of the way because they don't have a plan and they won't keep
0: Britain safe. Yeah. Sir Geoffrey Donalds. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Speaker. Could I, on behalf of my party, extend our best wishes to His Majesty the King uh, for a full recovery? Mr Speaker, I want to thank the Prime Minister for his dedication and leadership in helping us to restore our place in the United Kingdom and its internal market, and to revive our political institutions at Stormont. The Union is more secure as a result of our combined endeavours. And together we have greatly enhanced the potential to build a strong and prosperous economy that will help to cement our peace in northern ireland yes. mr speaker securing peace in an unstable world is vital for all of us and therefore will the prime minister examine the findings of a recent report by policy exchange that calls for northern ireland to play an even greater role in the defence of our nation yes. Yes. Prime Minister
1: Can I start by thanking and paying tribute to my hon. Friend for his own leadership over the past few months. He and I agree that the union is stronger for the return of devolution and the work that we've done, I'd be delighted to examine the findings of the report. And I've seen, with my own visits, the vital role that Northern Ireland is playing through the location of firms like Talas and Harland and Wolfe. Uh, but as he will know, I'm delighted. In last week's command paper, we specifically committed to examining how we can further bolster Northern Ireland's share of the UK defence sector because it's another essential pillar of our precious economic union. Virginia Crosby.
2: Mr Speaker, does the Prime Minister know where the best site for large scale new nuclear in the UK is Whoa! and will he commit to buying the Wilver site, now the only gigawatt site in Wales this year and make sure it 's progressed as soon as possible to meet our net zero and energy security needs and give the enormous boost to the honest morn and North Wales economy? Yeah.
1: As ever, my honourable friend is fantastic champion. For Wilfer and the nuclear industry. I can confirm to her that Wilfer is a candidate for the new nuclear site and one of a number of potential sites that could host civil nuclear projects. No decisions have been taken at present, but Great British Nuclear is working with the government to support access. And we're also developing a new national policy statement providing the planning framework for new nuclear power, and we we'll very much welcome her and other contributions to that consultation.
3: Mr Speaker, last year the Prime Minister and other senior ministers were given the conclusions of a government audit of research programmes at UK universities with links to the Chinese state. The audit flagged up hundreds of programmes of being at high risk of being used potentially by the CCP for military use and other applications in strategic and sensitive areas that are of high interest to an authoritarian regime such as China. A smaller proportion Were judged to be extremely high risk. Despite that, the government has elected to do nothing about it. So, will the Prime Minister confirm his personal knowledge of that report and explain to the House why no action is to be taken? These programmes have to be
0: continued unimpeded.
1: (laughs) Mr. Speaker, we will continue to take a robust and proactive approach towards our relationship with China, rooted in the UK's national interests and values. And In fact, our National Security Act, which we passed last year, brings together vital new measures to protect our national security, and that includes creating a foreign influence registration scheme through the Act, which has been created to tackle specifically covert influence in the UK and will continue to take all possible powers to keep the country safe
0: two remarkably talented and enthusiastic individuals from Kettering, Becky Horrell and Lindsay Atkins, have put together a really ambitious £2 million bid to repurpose the redundant gala bingo hall site in Kettering High Street into a community arts, music, business and family hub which would be simply transformative for Kettering Town Centre. Would my right hon. Friend the Prime Minister please be kind enough to facilitate a meeting for us with the relevant culture and levelling-up ministers so, we can explore how a combined community ownership fund and cultural development fund bid might get us across the line. Prime Minister. Can I thank my honourable friend for
1: highlighting this exciting initiative and also commend Becky and Lindsay for their campaigning? He'll know that our £150 million pound Community Ownership Fund is there specifically to help safeguard small but much-loved local assets, and, indeed, our Cultural Development Fund, like the one he mentions, is there to support further cultural projects as well. I will ensure that he gets a meeting with the relevant minister to discuss these plans further and wish him and his constituents all the best with this redevelopment project.
0: Janet Davies. Hey. Hey.
2: Thank you, Mr Speaker. Data revealed by the Centre for Cities showed that over After 14 years of Tory rule, towns and cities in every corner of our country have been levelled down, left behind and left out of pocket. On average, people are over £10,000 a year worse off because his party has failed on growth. When will the Prime Minister take responsibility for breaking Britain? Prime
4: Minister
1: Mr Speaker, in fact, what we are seeing is record investment in our towns across the UK, many of which were neglected by by the Labour Party for decades, Mr. Speaker. but if we really care about levelling up, what we need to do is avoid saddling hard-working Britons with higher taxes, which is exactly what Labour's £28 billion green spending spree would do. Speaker. For 27 years, constituents across the Vale of Glamorgan and across the whole of Wales sadly
3: have to wait longer to see a doctor, longer for an ambulance, longer at a and and longer for an operation than patients in England. There are 24,000. 785 <laughs> patients in Wales waiting longer than two years for an operation. Okay. Oh, okay. That number in England is 227. <laughs> Does my right honourable friend agree that a Bevan will be turning
2: in his grave yeah. on the fact yeah. that you can't trust Labour with the NHS?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Mr. Speaker, my honourable friend is absolutely right. Whereas here in England we have a plan when it comes to education, where we are marching up the league tables and we have virtually eliminated those waiting the longest amount of time, but in Labour on Wales, as he said, education rates are falling and waiting lists over 18 months are more than 10 times higher than here in England. It is crystal clear we should stick to our plan for a brighter future and not go back to square one with Labour.
4: Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
1: According to Open Democracy this week, since 1999, at least 391 people have died at our borders. That is a rate, Prime Minister, of more than one man, one woman per month for 25 years. And on top of this, the financial cost is deadly and failed border regime, as well as the Prime Minister's plan for Rwanda is estimated to cost at least £800 million pounds since 2014. So what does Prime Minister now show? He understands that the people whose lives he's making sick bets on are human beings and provide them with safe routes to the UK in order to seek asylum instead of more failed and extreme forms of deterrence. Prime Minister. Well, Mr. Speaker, it's in fact criminal gangs that are exploiting vulnerable people and leading many of them to lose their lives as they make these dangerous crossings. Now, on this side of the House, we think that's wrong, and we want to do something about it, which is why we need to get a deterrent up and running and be able to send people to Rwanda. It's his party that opposes that, so the question for them is, why do they remain on the side of the criminal people smugglers?: Goldberg:
2: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. February marks emotional health. Boost your self-esteem and children's Mental Health Month. In recent years, something like six and a half thousand people die in the U.K. each year due to suicide and in 2021 I was nearly one of them. (laughs) Luckily, my attempt failed. I was found by family members quickly. I received amazing care at St Helier and Springfield hospitals, did not do any permanent damage, and was well looked after by the NHS in the months that followed. And I want to take this chance to say thank you to everyone who saved me and sorry to my family and loved ones who I put through such an awful ordeal. In that moment, I felt alone and scared, and like there was no way out, and that the world was better off without me in it. But I don't recognise that man anymore. I know that nothing is ever really worth that. Help really is out there, and I'm pretty awesome. (laughs) Does the Prime Minister agree that one death by suicide is one too many? And will he send a message from the dispatch box today? that whatever you're going through, you are not alone, that help is out there, and better days lie ahead.
1: Well, Mr Speaker, I know the whole House will join me in commending my Honourable Friend for his bravery in sharing his story, and I can absolutely assure him that we take this issue incredibly seriously. The new suicide prevention strategy ensures that we will have the actions in place to reduce suicide over the next years, because we absolutely recognise the impact that it has on people, their families, and we should do everything we can to prevent that from happening.
0: Ms Dwest.
2: Thank you, Mr Speaker. and May I take the opportunity to ask the Prime Minister if he will consider apologising to Brianna Gray's mother yeah. for his insensitive yeah, yeah, yeah. comments. Yeah. But turning to my question, the independent report into Teesworks, released last Monday, throws up more questions than it answers, and it is vital that we now have a National Audit Office investigation. The report was scathing and said there is insufficient transparency to offer evidence of value for money. Shouldn't the Government lead by example, and will the Prime Minister finally release details of his conversations surrounding Teesworks? As he was asked to do twice last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mr. Speaker, I, th- I think the Honourable Lady was talking about the report in Teesworth, as far as I can see. But, and what that report noted was that the pace and scope of the regeneration had had a wide reaching positive impact on the local economy. And of course, it was an independent external report. It makes it clear that there is no evidence of corruption or illegality, and the Government will of course respond to the recommendations in the report as soon as possible.
2: Speaker, can I give my heartfelt thanks to the Prime Minister for his support for our Melton Harbour and Stamford villages following the recent devastating flooding? But tens of homes, farms and businesses in Rutland were also devastated, but our county is in effect excluded from ever receiving support in the future due to the arbitrary flaw that is currently put in place. Flood support should be based on the most affected or a percentage of population, but Rutland has to have 1,000th more flooding than next-door Lincolnshire for us to ever access support. So will my right friend please give a meeting to me and the Member for Swindon South to discuss this important issue.
1: Prime Minister. Well, Mr Speaker, of course, I extend my sympathy to all those impacted by the recent storms and flooding. We are investing record sums in flood defence across England, and the recovery support framework is in place for families and businesses in every area that have experienced exceptional flooding. I know that my honourable friend is in touch with DLUC ministers about how those schemes affect her constituency, but I will ensure that she gets the correspondence and meetings that she needs to deliver for her local communities. Daisy Cooper.
2: Thank you, Mr Speaker. Two weeks ago, I challenged the Prime Minister on his Government's broken promise on building new hospitals by 2030, including in my own area. But now it seems that the Government are downgrading existing hospitals too. Children and parents in Eastbourne will be forced to travel for miles if the proposed downgrade of the hospital's paediatric services goes ahead. Campaigners have asked the Government to call in this disastrous plan. Will the
0: Prime
1: Minister agree? Mr Speaker, actually we're investing record sums in improving hospital infrastructure across the country. In Eastbourne in particular, spades are already in the ground to deliver an elective surgical hub, Mr. Speaker. And I know that there is local Liberal Democrats scaremongering about the future of services. But the local Conservative MP is doing a fantastic job engaging with our community and working with local health officials.
2: Thank you, Mr Speaker. Yesterday it was my huge pleasure to host the Aerospace Defence and Security Industry Apprenticeships event in Parliament, welcoming two apprentices from Collins Aerospace in Wolverhampton. Would he join me in National Apprenticeships Week um, for celebrating the opportunities apprenticeships can provide in the defence industry and also in our armed forces, who are all in our top 10 apprenticeship providers.
0: Yeah.
1: And my honourable uh, friend is absolutely right to highlight the importance of our apprenticeship provision, which is providing young people with opportunities across the country, but particularly, as she says, in the defence and aerospace sector. And those plans are in stark contrast so those of the party opposite, who have caved into big business and are now proposing to halve the amount of apprenticeship funding and halve the number of apprenticeships.
0: Kenny McCaskill.
3: If Greenspan's refinery closes, Scotland will be the only major oil-producing nation without a refinery capacity. At a time of energy insecurity, is it not economic madness to allow a profitable plant to close, and is it not environmental madness to transship oil for... refining and distribution across the growingly dangerous high seas. Given the billions that he has received from North Sea Oil and the billions that he will continue to receive from North Sea Oil, will he ensure that Scotland retains a refinery capacity for Scotland's oil?
1: Prime Minister. Well, Mr. Speaker, The future of Grangemouth refinery is obviously a commercial decision for their owners, but I am told that the site will remain operating as a refinery until at least May of 2025 and in the meantime the UK and Scottish governments are working together to seek assurances from Grangemouth about how they are supporting employees but we remain confident in our fuel supply and in terms of energy security which you mentioned that is why this government is unambiguously backing the North Sea oil and gas sector because that is how you support energy security in this country, attract investment and create jobs particularly in
0: Scotland.
2: Thank you, Mr Speaker. I was very proud that it was a Conservative government that appointed the Patient Safety Commissioner and proud that we commissioned the Hughes report into medical devices and medicines, which was published this morning. Will my right hon. Friend also make me proud that we can address the points she has raised and bring forward a redress scheme in a timely manner?
0: Prime Minister.
1: I am grateful to the Patient Safety Commissioner. And her team for their work on this important issue, one which I know my honourable friend has spoken about in the past. Of course, our sympathies, first and foremost, remain with those affected by sodium valparate. We're focused on improving the system and how the system <coughs> listens to patients. And it's right that the government carefully considers the, government, the report's recommendations. The Department for Health will be responding to the report in due, uh, due course, and the Health Secretary will keep the House updated on a regular basis. Sarah sure. Edwards.
2: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Many of my Tamworth constituents, like local mum Jessica, have contacted me about special educational needs and disability support.
0: Yeah.
2: Jessica's son has waited years for an autism diagnosis and doesn't expect to have an education, health and care plan in place by the time that he goes to secondary school. Will the Prime Minister confirm that students that need an EHCP will get them so that they can thrive in school? Yeah. Prime
0: Minister.
1: Well, Mr Speaker, of course we want to see every child thrive at school, which is why we have tripled the amount going into special educational needs for capital places and put more money into support EHCP plans. I am sorry to hear about the case she mentions. I will make sure that we continue to look at that in particular because, as she said, we want every child to thrive at school.
0: thank you. Thank you Please, the wishes to His Majesty the
4: King and Her Royal yeah, yeah, Highness yeah, yeah. The Princess of Wales. Um, I know my right and will friend, and building on the answer to my right and more friend, he's um, exceptionally pleased with uh, the huge report that's come out today. And there's been a huge amount of work that's taken across this chamber from the honourable lady for Livingston, the honourable lady for Washington, and my right and will friend for Southampton and Romsey. Um, may I push the point, though, to my right and will friend, the Prime Minister, that tens of thousands of women and children have suffered immensely since the 1970s, and government after government has not done anything about this. I'm proud that this government has done something about it. So can I urge my right and the prime minister, in the strongest possible terms, to talk to our right-wing friend, the chances to make sure that at the budget we can really address the issues raised in the Hughes report.
1: Minister, yeah. well, can I thank my hon. friend and colleagues on all sides of the house for their campaigning over many years on this issue? As I said, it's it's right that we not only do we extend our sympathies to those affected, that we carefully consider the recommendations from the commissioner's report, and I can assure him we will do that with all due haste. And I know that the health secretary will keep the house
0: updated. Final question, Vicky Foxcroft. Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
2: Why did the Prime Minister downgrade the role of Minister for Disabled People? What message does he think this sends to them? And will he commit to reconsider this move and show the role is a Minister of State? And if not, will he agree to meet with me and disabled people's organisations and explain his reasoning?
0: Yeah. Prime Minister,
1: Mr Speaker, actually the Minister. For disabled people is going to do a fantastic job because she passionately cares about this issue, and this government has a record to be proud of. Whether it's supporting many more of those with disabilities into work, ensuring they can live independently, or making sure that children with complex disabilities have access to more changing places across the country, because those, Mr. Speaker, are the values of this Conservative government. And Mrs. I could just say also to Brianna Gray's mum, who is here, as I've said earlier this week, what happened was an unspeakable. And shocking tragedy, Mr. Speaker. And as I said earlier this week, in the face of that, for her mother to demonstrate the compassion and empathy that she did last weekend, I thought demonstrated the very best of humanity in the face of seeing the very worst of humanity, and she deserves all our admiration and praise for that.
0: That Prime Minister's questions. now.